Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the South Bay Show, Manhattan Beach Chamber 360, on February 21st, 2020. Live, love, laugh, and leave a legacy. That is what we do here in the South Bay of Los Angeles. And it's a beautiful place to do just that. The South Bay Show is brought to you by the Manhattan Beach Chamber of Commerce. The Manhattan Beach Chamber of Commerce has been serving the city of Manhattan Beach for over 60 years, and they are dedicated to promoting a strong local economy by supporting the community, providing valuable business connections, and representing business with government. The Chamber staff is focused on providing its membership with the tools and resources to help businesses grow and thrive within the community. Their goal is to continually support the individual efforts of business as they work to support the growth of the local economy. For more information on how the Manhattan Beach Chamber of Commerce is working with member businesses and the city of Manhattan Beach to support that growth, visit the website at manhattanbeachchamber.com or call 310-545-5313. I'm your host. Joe Terry, and you can read all about our many adventures on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash The South Bay Show. Persistence, passion, principle, and purpose, that's what we talk about here on The South Bay Show. Joining us as co-host, the CEO and president of the Manhattan Beach Chamber, Kelly Stroman, and of course with us because of our great partnership with SouthBayByJackie.com and executive producer of the South Bay Show, Jackie Balestra. Hey, Jackie, Kelly, how are you today? I am well, Joe. What is not, what's not to love? It's Friday, right? <laughs> yeah. Good morning and happy Friday, Joe, Jackie. Joe, Joe happy Jackie. Friday. Oh. Happy Friday. Mm-hmm. Jackie Joe. Jackie Jack- Joe. <laughs> <laughs> yes. First things first. Yes, Yes. Jackie Joe. And Jackie Joe and the show. There you go. There you go. Oh, my goodness. We're riding all over the place this morning. Jackie (laughs) Joe and the show. There you go. All right. Oh, my goodness. Um, It's Friday, our favorite day of the week, almost. Is Friday our favorite day, or is, like, Saturday mornings our favorite day? Well, Friday is our favorite day. Friday is our favorite day of the work week. Okay, right. good answer. Joe, I heard you pause. What do you think? <laughs> I I did. I was going to say, well, Friday is, of course, Friday morning is our favorite day because it's the Manhattan Beach Chamber 360. But really, Saturday is our favorite day. Saturday morning is our favorite day because I love sleeping in. <laughs> now, I have to. I have to be a little contrary here. I'll be honest with you. Monday is my favorite day of the work week because I love oh. Monday. Monday is my day to prep, you know, to get all my ducks in order for the week. And Sunday is my favorite day of the weekend. Um, yeah. I yeah. I second that. I was going to say Sunday is definitely my favorite day. There's something peaceful about a Sunday morning. Saturday I'm usually busy, you know, uh, doing whatever, the errands, the laundry. Okay, I've got to do this. Right. Sometimes I right. – 
a lot of times I have to work on Saturdays um, or catch up, mm. whatever. And But Sundays tends to be my reset day. And yes. if I don't reset, if I'm slammed and busy the whole way through, then Monday is difficult. But um, Sundays is my day to reset, you know, enjoy. Um, yeah, I, I'm having uh, kind of lunch brunch with somebody this Sunday, and uh, they said, what kind of food do you want to eat? And I said, hmm. I go, you know, I want Sunday food. (laughs) 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 Jackie gets that. Yeah. So I go, I want Sunday food, which is, you know, like brunchy or yummy, kind of comfort, but healthy and food that you don't have time to eat necessarily during the week because you're going. Does that make sense? Sunday. I I like that, Jackie. Do you like that? Sunday food. I I love that Sunday food. It's It's stuff that you don't necessarily make for yourself, like a Benedict you know, or yeah. something, huh? something a little fancier that you don't make for yourself. That's Sunday food is you go out and you eat something that you don't necessarily make for yourself. Yeah. Yes, because then you have time to take a nap after that Sunday. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> with, the, with the mimosa, you know, you have a mimosa too with the, with the Benedict and you're good to go for the rest of the day. <laughs> Oh my gosh! Well, okay. Let's just let's digress for just a minute and go off on the tangent that occasionally we go off on. Uh, eggs Benedict is no longer just plain eggs Benedict. Have you noticed that? You can get I like the have. traditional, yeah, with Canadian bacon. You can get the vegan or not vegan, but I guess with like spinach, a healthier version. Um, Petros mm-hmm. here in Manhattan Beach makes a um, shawarma. Eggs Benedict that is mm-hmm. off the chart. I mean, you can get crab cake eggs Benedict. You can, it's you know, <laughs> um, who knew we were going to talk about eggs Benedict? We must be hungry. But um, yeah. just yeah, that you can get an eggs Benedict. You know, we'll have to do a little history on lesson on that. Where how did egg be, eggs Benedict? Did that start with Benedict Arnold? Who'd that start with? You know, um, but eggs Benedict. Mm-hmm. Um, you can get whatever version you like these days. That's right. Mm-hmm. That's right. All right, let's get off the food because we we always end up doing this, going on the food. We all end up with our stomachs making noise. Bring us up to date, Kelly, on what's happening uh, with the chamber of these things. What what have you got coming up? What's been happening? What is coming up? Uh, State of the city. Finally, it's here next Wednesday, February 26th, 8.30 in the morning to 10.30 in the morning at the Jocelyn Center here in kind of down, just shy Mm -hmm. of downtown Manhattan Beach off of Valley Drive. Um, We are sold out. Sold out, overflowing. Um, If the fire marshal is listening, he didn't, I'm not going to say the number. (laughs) Um, We, it's a fantastic problem to have. We had to shut off registration on Tuesday morning and we are overflowing, overflowing. So happy about that. We have always have a very engaged community. Um, And this year, um, God bless them. All of our attendees signed up early, which I just love because we have these conversations about all the events in the South Bay now. Um, and how everybody signs up so late, you know, at the last minute. But right, right. Um, I am so pleased. I actually might get the seating chart done um, before, you know, Tuesday night at midnight. And, <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, uh, I actually am going to have it done um, and send out to people in advance. And we have an amazing lineup. Of course, of course Mayor Nancy Herzman um, will be our keynote speaker. And uh, the doors will open at 8.15. We will start the program sharp at 
at 8.45. I encourage everybody who is coming to not wait to the last minute because um, there will be kind of a line to get in. Um, walk-ins are welcome. They We cannot guarantee um, even a general seat because we have reserved table seating that is all spoken for. Um, there is open seating and open standing room, and I, I hate to say that, but it's the truth. And uh, like I said, we are busting at the seams, and we are thrilled that so many people want to come hear about what is happening in the city of Manhattan Beach. Um, Nancy, right. I will lead us off and I'll open. Uh, Nancy Hersman will, um, you know, be our keynote speaker. Then Bruce Moe will deliver all those fabulous finances that he always does. He has such a wonderful way. He's been with the city for so long. And uh, George Gabriel, our senior management analyst, will be talking homelessness in Manhattan Beach and what uh, the city has done, is doing, and how we are partnering with our other neighboring beach cities. Um, the Director of Public Works, Stephanie Katsilius, will be talking about all of our, um, not all of them, but a few key projects and capital improvement projects that are going on in the city, which kind of, you know, might, might to some sound like, oh, that's going to be boring. Um, it's not. They're always fascinating, and Stephanie has a fabulous way of delivering that information. Um, you're going to walk away going, oh, I didn't know that. Ooh, that's cool. Um, so uh, we love that. Mm -hmm. We also have Don Ziss, who is the senior VP and general manager of the uh, Manhattan Village Shopping Center. He's going to be laying out all the fantastic things they're going to be opening very soon and what's coming in the next phases um, over at the mall. Um, Information is amazing. And then we also have Hillary Mahon, the executive director of the Manhattan Beach Education Foundation. She will be speaking also, talking about the state of education, um, the funding. Obviously, it's a big issue always, but particularly this year. And you know, talking about the initiatives at the Ed Foundation is taking on and um, the relationship with the business community. So it's going to be a fantastic morning. And, uh, you know, I'll give a full report next week on any nuggets and tidbits that are shared. But uh, we're excited. And, again, we thank, thank the community for supporting the chamber, supporting the city, and um, being so engaged. Um, we love it. So um, that's our big focus right now. We've had, you know, a busy week. I, hey, I was at the state – Speaking of states, I was at the State of the Region yesterday over in Torrance. Yes, I do get out of uh -huh. Manhattan Beach. And uh -huh. um, mm -hmm. Congressman Maxine Waters and uh, Ted Liu were the speakers. Do you know Maxine Waters has been serving since 1991? Yes. Amazing. I looked, at, uh, wow. I looked that up a while wow. ago. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yes, and she um, she was just full of information. Um, I would I wouldn't say it dominated, but a big part of the conversation yesterday and the speakers' information was all um, around homelessness and also kind of infrastructure in the cities, and particularly mm -hmm. in Torrance because mm -hmm. we were in Torrance. But what uh, they're doing at a federal level to address homelessness and um, how it can be brought to the local level. Um, they're actually working on some things and some bills they have proposed. So not just talking about it, but actually offering, you know, uh, and working towards some solutions. So, um, you know, I, I, she, uh, she gave the number, it was 200 and something, like 227 or something about that, um, the number of homeless that have been counted in Torrance. Obviously, Torrance is a, you know, larger geographic area than Manhattan Beach. But um, whatever the number is, homelessness 
in Los Angeles County um, is, um, by the way, also the number one um, issue in California, they said also. So it's a growing concern, and um, it's nice to know that everybody's addressing it. Um, anyway, so that was quite interesting, good information. And um, this weekend, there's not a, a ton of events coming up this weekend, anything major that I'm um, aware of. But next weekend is the Affair of the Heart Gala for the Richstone mm-hmm. Family Center. just want to mention that. That's February 29th. Tickets are available at no. www. No, it's sold Oh, they sold out? out? Oh, they didn't tell me that. Okay, well, hey, I love it. We're all selling out. It's all good. Um, That's a great (laughs) way to start 2020. Oh, my gosh, I love that. I hope every event continues to sell out. if you didn't, if you didn't, if you didn't get a ticket, if you didn't get a ticket in time before they sold out, the live, uh, the silent auction is now is now open. So um, you can, even though you can't go to the event, you can still bid, and they've got all of these fantastic silent auction items and and that's up online now and that's uh that's on my website so yes yeah. and is it also on their website the richstonefamily.org i'm sure oh, uh, backslash gala oh, yeah, yeah, you yeah. can yeah find it yeah there too. I, so I, either way. I, I have the link i have the link to it on my website if you go to my website to that event there's a link there and you can go there and you can go and bid on so many fantastic items excellent excellent okay, okay. well that is what is um happening um around town so um, that's what I've got for you guys. All right, okay. and we're gonna jump. We're gonna jump right into it. <clears throat> we are. I can't wait, uh, Jackie. Who's our guest today? Okay, we have a returning guest this morning, Sylvia Guyed, founder and CEO of Manhattan Tax and Accounting. She she's on the show every, every year around this time um, to help, to help yeah. us all out. <laughs> uh, okay, uh, so Manhattan Tax and Accounting, the firm's areas of specialty include individual, corporate, partnership, and LLC tax preparation, tax planning, business information, bookkeeping, and payroll services. Now, after graduating from college with a bachelor's degree in finance and accounting, Sylvia worked at Universal Music Group and then at Deloitte, a big four worldwide accounting firm, before opening her own company. Now, with taxi isn't just around the corner. Now is the time to start planning if you haven't started already. And this morning, Sylvia is going to give us a few tips on um, preparing for April 15th and bring us up to date on new tax laws. I hear she has about a dozen new things that we need to be aware of. Uh, welcome back to the program, Sylvia. We're so glad you could join us this morning. And I um, had Sylvia on. I had Sylvia. I had Sylvia. Welcome to the program, Sylvia. I'm so glad you could join us again. <laughs> Thank you, Jackie. It's great to be on the program with everyone this morning. Excellent. Ah, always a pleasure. Thank you for joining us, Sylvia. Absolutely. Thank we you. Are, we are early. We are, I think, uh, traditionally, most people wait at least until, uh, you know, mid-February. They haven't quite got all their documents from uh you know their w-2s maybe they have but uh other things like you know uh documents from rental agreements and rental uh uh properties and other things like that and of of course uh stock uh certificates and all that um they get in mid-february and then they can file their taxes how many people sylvia really want to get everything done by mid to uh, late February, and how many would you say percentage-wise just, you know, 
April 1st is when they start thinking about it. Well, um, I think probably about 20 to 25% of people try to get it before the end of February. And they're mainly, um, you know, uh, they have independence. They have just a W-2. They're usually W-2 employees, uh, maybe one ten ninety nine, and that's about it. But like you said, if someone has is expecting a ten ninety nine from the brokerage accounts, then they usually don't get it till second part of February. So then they are, don't think taxes until March. Yeah, yeah, right. So now there have been, as you may know, there have been a ton of laws that have have uh, taken effect or are about to take effect in. Uh, January. Uh, January mm-hmm. 1st was a huge uh, date in California. Lots of laws Direct. in California related to all kinds of things. Are there laws that are related to taxes as well that have been passed this year? Yeah, so um, everybody has been waiting for the Affordable Care Act from the federal standpoint penalty to go away, which is basically if you don't carry health insurance, you were paying a penalty at the tax preparation time. So that went away Mm -hmm. effective 2019. However, SB 78, Senate Bill 78, uh, came into effect uh, January 1st, 2020. And basically, uh, anyone who lives in California who does not carry health insurance will be penalized uh, for not carrying it. So we kind of got rid of it on the federal. Now we got it on the California side. Um, oh, so California is oh, wow. trying to make up for it. That's interesting. Do you know, are, are you aware, are other states doing that? Do you, do you have any idea, or is it just California? Um, yeah, I'm not aware of other states doing it. Um, it's just California so far. There may be other oh. states, but I'm not aware of it. Um, okay. But, I mean, again, I mean, it's good to carry health insurance regardless, but, I mean, it was just interesting how California came around and said, you know, and, and there have been talks about carrying health insurance in California the past year. I mean, this was something that's been on their um, calendar and on their, you know, um, so I'm, I'm not surprised they came up with this. Uh, but we do have also, I mean, there's like you said, there's a lot of other laws that came out. I mean, the other laws that came out that affect also not necessarily taxes, or it does affect taxes in a way, but not indirect, not directly, is AB5, which is Assembly Bill 5, and everybody has been talking about mm-hmm. it and very concerned about it. Um, I, I won't go into so much details, but I'll go briefly. It basically uh, states that, Workers are to be presumed employees unless they meet all three factors of the ABC test, which is a new test. Used to be the Borello test, and that used to meet you have to meet um, uh, the nine uh, factors, but now it's only three, and now you must meet all of them. So. What's interesting about this is that on some of the factors, and and I'll just go briefly, like one of the factors that's in that test is basically that the worker is free from any control direction in connection with the performance of the work. The second factor Mm -hmm. of that is the worker performs the work outside the usual uh, course of the entity business. So if they work for a particular business, they're performing the work outside the usual course. But the third part, which is many people has been uh, talking about, or the third test in it, is if the worker is customarily engaged independently in an established trade, occupation, or business. And that particular one is where people say, well, maybe if I'm an S-Corp or LLC, then I'd be able to, um, you know, uh, work still as an independent contractor without having this test uh, or without having this AB5 apply to me. Um, 
Again, it's getting just harder and harder and assuming that everybody is going to be uh, employee with the exception. There are some exemptions, obviously. I mean, there's some industries and professions that they're going to be exempt, like licensed insurance brokers, real estate agents, physicians, surgeons, um, uh, broker dealers, uh, advisors, um, you know, any of these industries, dentists, they are going to be exempt. But... The main reason why they came out with the AB5 is because of the Uber and Lyft, the gig economy, as the as the IRS called it for the first time this year, the gig economy. And there are some actually uh, tax update laws uh, or changes for them as well for the gig economy. But let's just stick with AB5. So AB5 really is whether you're an independent contractor or an employee. And it's getting harder to prove that you would qualify as an independent contractor. And it's more the burden is actually on the business owner or the corporation, the business that's hiring these independent contractor. So a lot of people are thinking, okay, these Uber drivers in Lyft, they're going to have to be employees to abide with this AB5 and, you know, um, or prove that they can uh, meet those three-factor tests. <clears throat> okay, wait, stop. Everybody stop the presses right there. I got a bunch of questions for you. I have a whole bunch of questions. Now, does, does, this, does this law, does this law, is this law only for companies, or does it also include, say, uh, individuals that have, like, a, like, do business under a DBA? Uh, Absolutely. So say you're... So it's everybody. So if everybody. you're, uh, so you own a salon, all right. You own a hair and nail salon, right? And you have a guy that comes every month to clean your your front windows. Uh, are they considered uh, an employee? No. No. Okay. This is independent. So, they are actually coming and doing the service, a, a different service than what your customary business is. Now, when you started that question, I thought you were going to ask me about the hairdressers because this particular law actually came out, but last year they were trying to create this law for hair salons business, and they fought it, and they won. And it was about hairdressers particularly because in the same line of business of the hair salon, but as we know, they go and rent a chair, they book their own appointments. So they were able to prove we book our own appointments, we collect our own fees, we charge the customer, we only pay a rent for that. So they were able, hair salons were able to fight it and they won and now they can be considered independent contractor without having to worry about the AB5. Wow, this uh, you know it, it, I've heard about this Sylvia extensively, particularly from um, local musicians, because yes. because um, a lot of local musicians, you know, there might be a band of five people, but they might bring in a friend to sit in with them, like on a regular basis or every so often, and 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 there was a bunch of chatter on social media about that. How 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 does that affect them? Well, you know, again, it's uh, you know, it's an it, it's industry it, it, from industry to an industry it differs, but in this particular case for the music, it does affect them. I mean, if they are having someone just to come and sit in, uh, obviously without paying them, that's a different story. But if they're going to be paying them and they're considered independent contractor, I mean, they have to. And again, I would have to, I would defer in this as to whether they would be treated uh, as an independent contractor or not. I would defer to an attorney or to uh, an employment attorney particularly or contract attorney to be able to help them um, 
you know, with whether they'd be able to treat them as an independent contractor or they would have to be like, um, you know, an employee of the band itself. Um, so because, again, this – but the part that, that affects us, you know, uh, I have a bunch of my clients, and my clients always – you know, they've been since this law came into effect. I've been getting emails from them because they are whether they are uh, a corporation and they're being now they are consultants, for example, and they have a corporation, so now they consult for other businesses, but they have their own corporation. So I mean, it gets a little bit tricky in this, and they're concerned. I mean, is this law going to be affecting me? Is it going to be affecting my business? Well, what does that mean from a tax standpoint for me? You know, uh, what do I? You know, so from from this aspect. Um, but as far as the categorization itself for the business, they would need to talk more to an attorney to figure out, an employment attorney to figure out if this would affect them directly or not. Boy, oh boy, I'll tell you, like small businesses don't have enough expenses Absolutely. and enough plates in the air that they have to now go and consult an attorney for this. I mean, that's, Thank you, Jack. Oh, <laughs> oh that's, that's very frustrating. That's very, very frustrating. It's just- getting harder doing business in California. It's just getting, I mean, the small business, like you said, they're being squeezed from different angles, different angles. I mean, and again, we know this is great because, you know, when they turn into an employee, then obviously you're paying, then you're paying, you know, Social Security, Medicare for federal, you're paying SDI and, you know, paying some unemployment. And so it's good for the state and because it's going to increase the revenue from that angle. You know, employment revenue, but well, of course, um, that's of course, that's that's all they want to do is increase their revenue. <laughs> Unfortunately, right. it's the businesses that uh, that are gonna that are gonna. Th- you know, this is interesting, and you know, it seems to me that it's something that might not be uh, organized. Like, like it seems like there's a lot of leeway depending on on who is doing your not doing your taxes, but like when it when it gets to the IRS. You know, like an IRS agent, one IRS agent might say, well, wait a minute, that that's not a contractor. They should be an employee. And another I, IRS agent might say, well, maybe it doesn't quite fit that, so you don't need to list them in, as an employee. It just seems like something that's going to really get in the weeds. Um, I agree with you, but I think since this is coming to be like from the state, they're pretty much going to be categorized at the state level, which means we'll have to apply to the federal level. You know, oh, if boy. they are considered oh, employees here, the employees also at the federal level. You know, so and I think yeah. what I've been seeing before is EDD. I've been we've been seeing this for the past two three years, where EDD audits have been in the, on the rise, and they have been on the rise particularly to see if people are categorized correctly as far as employees versus independent contractors, and also for S corps if they are getting reasonable compensation or not. So we've been seeing this for the past two three years. It just has not come to the surface as being now a law that everybody's presumed employees unless they can, you know, meet those three tests. So. Oh, boy. Oh, uh, boy. We have tons of other tax law changes, though. Um, oh, great. <laughs> great. Great. I can tell you a lot of it. Bring, bring uh, them on. Come on. From, um, from a federal standpoint, I mean, one of the changes is the education credits were supposed to be expiring last year. They got extended to 2020, and that's the American Opportunity Credits and Lifetime uh, Learning Credits. 
so this is good news for those who are either in undergrad or after they went into they are going to graduate school. Uh, they can still enjoy those credits. Uh, we have, you know, as we know, just the, the standard IRA limits up to 6,000. That's traditional IRA and Roth IRA. HSA or health savings accounts limits are 7,000 per family or 3,500 per single. Business miles that you can deduct, and we can, it's, we, just a quick reminder for our audience or uh, our listeners, it's 57 and a half cents for 2020, but you can always use the actual method, which is basically, you know, deducting your uh, fuel, which is your gas and repairs and, um, you know, car washes and insurance and leases and all of that. So you can elect between the miles or the actual, the mile, taking mileage or taking actual expenditures. Uh, you have to keep good log for it so that you'll be able to provide it to your finance, to your um, tax professional or advisor uh, accountant to uh, be able to claim those deductions for you. As always on self-employed people, you always want to keep good track of any expenses you are going to be writing off. Uh, kitty tax, which is unearned income. Those are things we don't talk much about, but it's good to, to remind, especially in the South Bay, uh, unearned income, which is basically your, your interest and your dividends. If you have a child that's less than uh, under 19 years old and have unearned income that's less than 2200 you can still report them on Form 8814 on, as part of your personal tax return. Uh, however, if they exceed the 2200 or if they have stock sales with gains or losses, uh, they will need to have to do their own personal tax return regardless of how old they are, and they would be, if they do the tax return, it's called kitty tax. It will be subject to being taxed at the trust rate, not the parent's rate any longer. This actually started in 2018, but it's continuing to 2019 and beyond, and I would just want to remind our listeners about this particular um, kitty tax. Taxpayers that have virtual currency, since it's such a big deal nowadays, Bitcoin, all of these good uh, virtual currency. In 2017, there were 150,000 uh, transactions from Bitcoin. And when I say transactions, I don't mean they're selling the Bitcoin and getting the cash. I mean also transacting, like they are purchasing goods with this Bitcoin. And there, is more, there are more and more vendors who would accept Bitcoin as a form of payment. So this is considered a transaction, a sale of the Bitcoin. Well, nothing was reported to IRS. So IRS started to put regulations in place, and effective end of last year, uh, there are taxpayers who are receiving one of three letters uh, asking them about Bitcoin, basically telling them, we have information to believe that you either have or had a virtual currency account, and they're asking for detailed information about that. So, uh, Oh, boy. You know, so oh, just kind of it. be aware uh, of it. Wasn't, it's out there. Well, wasn't Bitcoin invented to, to circumvent <laughs> the, no, no. the IRS? I know they found a way to... They found a way to get there, yeah. too. Listen, let's hold up a second here. we got to do a station break, and uh, then we'll come back, and we're going to get into some more. And there's a couple of really, really more important – they're all important, but there, there's a couple that everybody really needs to know. So let's do our station break real quick, Joe. Well, ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to the South Bay Show. We're uh, thrilled to bring this show to you live every Thursday morning at 8 a.m. and every Friday morning at 8 a.m. Uh, Thursday mornings is the South Bay Spotlight, where we spotlight a great business or uh, a wonderful uh, event or uh, community services and government 
throughout the South Bay from El Segundo to the Hill and east to Torrance. But on Fridays, we're thrilled to bring you Manhattan Beach Chamber 360. Proudly, we're sponsored by the Manhattan Beach Chamber, and that uh, covers all the, the same topics, including our favorite topic, food, but with a special emphasis on uh, Manhattan Beach uh, City, the, the city of Manhattan Beach, and of course, Manhattan Beach Chamber members. So please join us, if you can, live, 8 a.m., Thursdays and Fridays, or if you need to join us in podcasts, you can always just say, hey, Siri, play the South Bay show, or Alexa, play the South Bay show. We're on all the smart speaker systems, and uh, we, we hope you can find us uh, wherever you find your favorite podcasts. So, Jackie, what are we going to be discussing next? Well, that's up to Sylvia. Um, since, actually, I, oh. may, I may throw a wrench I may throw a wrench into your order, Sylvia, um, but Kelly, Kelly gave us a sneak peek last week about uh, the timing of filing your tax returns. That, that's, yeah. that's a big one. You want to you want to yeah. take that one next? Yes, the new mailbox rule. <laughs> Um, so this is the new mailbox rule. As we all know anyway, that the deadlines for corporates and partnerships, multi-member partnerships tax return filing is March 15. Then we have single-member LLCs, C-Corps, and, um, and regular individual taxes. Those are still due on April 15. However, the new mailbox rule that came up, and this is on the federal um, level of April 15, states that it, in the past, we were able to, and we can still do it electronically, we would file your tax return up until April 15 because it arrives to the IRS by April 15. The IRS, in the past, people who like to still paper file their return, they were able to mail their returns in, and as long as it's postmarked by April 15, it will consider timely filed. Effective this year, it will no longer apply. The return has to arrive to the IRS by April 15 for it to be timely filed, and it doesn't. It will not incur a penalty. Otherwise, it will incur a penalty if it's filed postmarked April 15, because it will arrive oh later than the date. Oh my God! No, it can't be true. I used to enjoy those long lines in my car with at the oh. uh, uh, airport uh, U.S. Yes. post office. It was just. I have to ask you, Sylvia, we, we, all, Sylvia yeah. we, we were friends. We, were, we all became friends in line. Uh, so, <laughs> Sylvia, I have to ask, why, why on earth would they change this? Because, I mean, having something postmarked by the 15th is a no-brainer, right? I mean, that's the rule, postmarked by the 15th. But, you know, as we all know, the U.S. mail, you know, sometimes you mail something and it'll get there in two days. Other times you mail it and it might take a week to get there. So why on earth would they institute this, this new rule? You know, uh, if I was in their brains, I would tell you. I can only guess. <laughs> the only thing is perhaps they have reasons to believe there are some taxpayers that – either have, you know, like the, the postal, um, you know, uh, stamps in their office and, or at their home, and they can just manipulate the date to postmark it to that, even if they uh, file it or even if they send it late, and it would get to them like two oh. weeks after the deadline. That's the only thing that comes to mind, you know. But oh. I absolutely n- have no other uh, thing that I can, or answer that I can think of 
why would they come up with this rule? The IRS has been, uh, I mean, they've been going electronic more and more. I mean, now, and they have started a few years back, they are asking everyone to file electronically. I mean, I still know few people. They're not my clients, but I know a few people who prefer to still send in their tax returns. They're just used to it. And, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, and, that's, and it's just getting to be, actually, it's getting to be much, much more complicated. Like those individuals can no longer prepare it by hand anymore because of the various changes of the, of the forms. For example, this year we do have a new form that's called 1040SR for senior uh, citizens. And, um, mm. and, and it's a new form. It takes away, so the 1040A and 1040EZ um, is gone. We only have now just the 1040 and the 1040SR. So with the change of the of the tax forms, with the change of the laws, it's, they're just making it harder and harder for people to file, paper file, and now they just want them to stop completely. So that may actually, in, you know, entice people to do electronic filing to at least avoid the penalty, if nothing else. Let, let, let me ask you mm-hmm. something. So um, in your experience, just to say rough percentage, how many people, I mean, are, are electronically filing? How many people, I mean... There's there's still a lot of people in the country that that yes. you know do do their own stuff. So so just to, do you have any idea of percentages? Uh, so, I don't. I know my clients. They all e-file. Yeah. All. Hmm. The 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 only exception if um, I mean if you have like tons of stocks to report, and we're talking about like five six seven pages of stock sales where they don't want us to yeah. maybe sit and enter every line of them, then they would just um, scan them and try to e-file it. If it doesn't e-file, then we'll just print the tax return, attach the copy and mail. But everyone, I mean, all my clients are e-filing. So um, mm-hmm. I, I don't know why someone would want to mail in the tax return. And also, when they mail it in, unless you do like a postmark, unless, not postmark, unless you do a registered return receipt, you know, you're taking the chance that they may not arrive to the IRS period. Right. You know, they might get lost. So it's a headache. Mm-hmm. So e-file is usually the best way to go, and you have a proof that it got e-filed. If you're getting a refund, you can get it electronic deposit. It's faster. I mean, it's just it's much better all the way around for everyone. Yeah, yeah, we well, gosh knows, we've been doing that for years. I mean, it seriously, it's so easy with QuickBooks, which I've been yep. using, I think, since they started. I literally just e- e- send the whole file electronically to my accountant. They do it. I, I, I gosh, I, I, electronic signature, I think, and then boom, it's done. Yeah, much, much easier. easier. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm starting to have more yeah. clients who just want to do things by phone and email, and it's understandable. I mean, we are all very busy, and whatever they have, like newborns, it's just harder for them to get into the office. So they do things by, you know, electronically, which is it's fine with me. But like mm. you said, it's getting mm-hmm. uh, computers are taking <laughs> electronics are taking over our lives. Sometimes I feel this way, you know. Um, oh yeah. <laughs> but we do have we do have also like if you travel for those taxpayers and you know there are U.S. Um, citizens and they either live overseas or um, they actually do have also the foreign earned income exclusion that's going up to one hundred and five nine hundred one hundred five thousand nine hundred um, so that means the first hundred and five thousand nine hundred out of their uh, income from uh, uh, abroad will be excluded from taxes. So the amounts has just risen up from last year. We have one important thing I want to remind my uh, 
our listeners, and this has been the regulations over the past years, but people are just more and more uh, getting aware or paying attention to it. If you have foreign bank accounts, you have to report those foreign bank accounts if the balances exceed 75000 at any time during the year. I do have, um, you know, I do have people or know of people that, for example, transact business here and they have actually business overseas in different countries. Uh, they have to report those bank uh, information to IRS. If they don't report it first, uh, that's IRSC 5321. Uh, if they don't report it, the penalty on that is 12,921. Or if it's willful not to report it intentionally, the maximum penalty is 129,210. It didn't used to be like that. It used to be 10,000 wow. mm-hmm. or 50% of the balance. It's still either 129,000 if it's willful or 50% of the bank balance. So it can be really mm-hmm. costly for those business, you know, corporations that transact business outside mm-hmm. the U.S. and in the U.S. So uh, it's a reminder for everyone, even if you're an individual and you just have bank accounts, no stocks, no other assets, you still need to report those bank accounts. Uh, and it's not for right. them to tax it. IRS will not tax the funds if you are filing a tax return overseas. So in foreign taxation, um, basically, the U.S. tax return is a worldwide tax return. It requires that mm-hmm. everyone who is a green card holder or a citizen report all their income worldwide. Now, if the income is coming from a country that they tax that money, they will do a tax return in that country, and then we give them a credit for, it's called foreign tax credit, for the money that they already paid in that country. But that income has to still mm-hmm. be included in the U.S. tax return. Just because you hear some that, people Kelly? sometimes... You hear, <laughs> that, yep. Kelly? You hear that, Kelly? You better get all yeah. your offshore accounts. Straight out. Yeah. I would account. But I do uh, want to talk for one second because it's funny. Um, you guys heard me talk about this last year, how profoundly uh, noticeable the line outside the post office, which I share the building with, was last year on uh, April right, fi- right. 14th, 15th, and um Uh, ironically, the day after, the 16th, too, which uh, is late, but um, whatever. Um, It uh, it is amazing to me, actually, how many people still do mail their taxes um, and how last minute they are. So this is going to be a really interesting little exercise um, for all of us this year because I have a bird's eye view of it. I literally watch the people come in and out of the post office. It will be very interesting. Sylvia, I, I just... I know when I told Jackie and Joe last week when I uh, mentioned that you're going to be on the show this week, I people don't know. They people have not heard about that April 15th mailing no. uh, deadline. <laughs> how how is that communicated? Is it um, what's what's law on that, Sylvia? I mean, is that something that people are just supposed to know um, if they're not working with you know um, an accountant if they're doing QuickBooks online, whatever you know? I mean, how are they supposed to know that information? You know, if they're supposed to keep up to date with the tax law changes as much as they can, they can go to the IRS website, irs.gov, and they can find the new uh, latest uh, tax laws. Uh, In all honesty, they have to speak to someone who already uh, is appraised with these tax law changes or do their own research. And it's interesting. Now, no wonder you actually paid extra attention to that in my seminar. Now I understand it's because of what you see every year outside the office. Uh, 
um, you know, the lines mm-hmm. that you see at the post office. But, uh, but yeah, the only way is just either they, spoke to, they speak to a professional or they actually have a friend who is in that industry or they go to the IRS website um, or just basically or Google the latest uh, tax laws. Um, I, I am I am I'm pretty much sure I'm pretty sure that there will be people who will miss that uh, this year and uh, <laughs> yeah so and and the you know the penalty is not a huge penalty for the first one you know for like if you miss it like it's two hundred and thirty dollars for late filing penalty or it, but it can go as high as twenty five percent of any tax liability if you owe taxes. So, um, mm-hmm. so I mean, I hope the goal is people would not, and maybe I will actually, you know, this would be great. Maybe I'll make a post on my Instagram about that particular new mailbox rule. Um, but it, the, the fact is people are not, I mean, there's no such thing as I didn't know about the rule. And that's why it's advice that they always try to, con- to connect with tax professionals and maybe have them help them with the tax preparation versus them trying to do it. Because we are, we try, I mean, I personally go to multiple tax updates, classes, and courses and conferences throughout the year because of this reason. I mean, we have new regime on that partnerships part that if they got audited, they would be assessed at the tax, uh, you know, new tax um, at 37% at the entity level. I mean, if they get actually, this is a new regime for the partnerships. So, I mean, if, unless I go to this, I wouldn't know. So to your, to your question, uh, they have to do their own research to be able to find it. Well, yeah, that you know, that's just you know, it, never mind the companies and the corporations and 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 even anybody that you know uh, uh, e-files. I'm sure that the, the the TurboTax and stuff they probably have something on their their website saying you know you have to it has to arrive at the IRS by the 15th. You can't you know, but there's still a whole lot of people out there that are just doing their own thing that just unless somebody tells them. They're not going to know. And and let me just clarify this part as far as electronic filing, because we can file on TurboTax or on any of the tax softwares that can be used out there. You can file on the 15th, and it would still be timely filed, because what happens is when we send the tax return, we get an acknowledgement. We get something right. that says it has re- arrived or has been sent to the IRS. So that becomes our proof that it is timely filed. It's the problem is the ones who stand in line, like Kelly was mentioning, and, and waiting for, you know, for the return to be sent. And unfortunately, you know, I hope that the word gets out there so that more and more and more of our, um, I think, probably like the senior citizens population um, might right. have this issue more than other, you know, other uh, citizens. But, you know, Ke- Kelly, Kelly, mm-hmm. you, yeah. could, you, could, you could make a big sign and put it in your office window so that when everybody walks in the post office, they say, do you know that... You know, I mean, if the post office hasn't done that already, the post offices should do that. I can I can guarantee you the post office is not going to do it because it's not their responsibility. Um, but I'm going to bake hot cookies and put a hot you know hot cookie alert, <laughs> a sign, and make it flashing and go have <laughs> get your taxes in. And I can assure you, by the way, that it's not senior citizens standing in that line. It is every wow. walk of life. Um, oh I, I was so profound to me and Carolina here in the office last year, and it was comical. And and they were mad and they were irritated and were like, "What do you expect when you?" wait till the last minute because the parking there was more fender benders in the parking i mean it was it was a comedy show waiting to happen and um it's 
wow. yeah, I mean, and you know, it's true with anything. Just, we talk about this all the time. We can we can inform people. We we put it in our newsletter a couple of weeks ago. We, oh, we, great. we talk about it. You you can talk about this stuff until you're blue in the face, um, any of it. But until it happens, or until somebody gets penalized or whatever, you know, they don't listen. They don't read it. it you know, we're all so connected with connect. You know, all of our devices, but yet we there's so much information we miss it. And you know, the thought of going to um, the IRS website and trying to decipher any yeah, information yeah. is like sticking you know needles underneath my fingernails, yes. which is why we have professionals like you, Sylvia, that help interpret all of it. But um, it's true for anything. When you, tra- I was just trying to um, dig down on um, this, you know, Proposition 13 because there's two. There's the one now. Yes. That there's one in November. Mm-hmm. The one now is also called State Measure 13. If you're looking online, if you're looking on all the paper documents, it's called Proposition 13. So yes. um, when we were, there was a whole debate earlier this week, which I don't need to go into, but we were trying to look up the information online. And people like all of us here on the phone right now, we're kind of in the know, so we kind of know where to go. It, it, it's not easy, you know, yeah, and no. the average person just goes, forget about it. And they, <laughs> they talk to their neighbor, and who knows what their neighbor, you know, says or not. So um, I will give, you know, we, 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 I, I, we need to put like a little time-lapse camera outside of our office and, and videotape <laughs> it for you because it is, <laughs> it will be fun to see, um, you know, a little exercise here to see who. But if you, um, but if you do bake the cookies, you must let me know. <laughs> I know. Oh my gosh! When my boys were, you know, teenagers, you know, in high school or whatever, I, you know, and they go out every Friday, Saturday night, whatever, and you're like, okay, where are they? You know. So one time, I, you know, texted like warm cookie alert. And I swear, I had five teenagers at my house within, you know, 20 minutes. Um, <laughs> you know, I had made cookies, and they were all over here eating cookies. I'm like, well, that's one way to get them to come home or be accountable for wherever they are. So I'm, I'm kidding. Yeah, warm cookie alert. I, the, you know, there used to be a bakery in San Francisco. Um, that did that, and they would have a flashing neon sign wow. in their store window, and that's, you know, I'm, I'm stealing the idea. I'm like, okay, that's brilliant, because, by the way, who doesn't like warm cookies? It's just like getting a warm, crispy yes. cream donut. It's, it's Absolutely. Okay, I used digress. to say a double tree specifically just because of this one. Yes. I was with Deloitte and Tush, yes. and I yes. went from different projects. Yes. I used to just stay there just because of their chocolate chip cookies, you know? Yes, <laughs> yes. They still serve those little buggers. I know. They're good. You, you know, we're kidding, but we're not kidding here. You know, you, you mentioned that, Kelly, that it, you put this information in your newsletter, you know, but not everybody gets the Manhattan Beach Chamber newsletter. You know, you got to sign up for it. I what? get it. They don't? But what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but no, but you know, it, you know, that's one of the things. You know, uh, where you're situated so beautifully. Never mind the cookies. Get one of those those electronic signs that you can change it, and it would be like a community service that you're doing for all of the people standing in line. You know, know they. We yeah, have a little chalkboard. In- yeah, we have a little A-frame yeah. chalkboard um, that we put outside of our door just to say, "Hey, we're over here," type of thing, or or whatever. Buy your tickets for Stay in the City or whatever. You know, just kind of it's like a little friendly, like little A-frame board because yeah. um, people walk in and out of the lobby all day long. So I'm going to have Carolina change it next week to, or in, whatever, not next week, Polly, but in the coming weeks to, you know, mail me. Did you know you have to mail your taxes by this time? And Sylvia, I just right. want to. Um, clarify you said it's for the federal not the state is that correct no it's for both oh, both both this Sorry. is a federal okay, law but if Fe- you're going to mail it i mean you should mail both of them at the same time you know right but, yeah. but wait, this wait, is on. a federal law it's okay. definitely a federal law but i just want to clarify um 
So I am pretty sure California would conform to that, though. They don't conform to every law, but I'm pretty sure they would conform to the April 15 new mailbox rule. So, yeah, just to be safe, you know, we should all be mailing it on whatever. Whoever's mailing it should be mailing it. Well, technically, you know, a week early, but um, you can roll the dice. But and, holy cow. And their whole thing, yeah, and their whole thing is like they try to wait till last minute thinking, I'm not going to give this money until, I'm I not going to write this check until the last, you know, second, you know. And, and it's mainly people who also like owe a lot of taxes. I mean, uh, that's the reality. But again, they, they miss on the part that even if you, you know, when they take the money, and that's the other thing, too, is that if they mail it postmarked, you know, the money gets to them, they cash it by the, whatever, the 19 or 20 at the IRS, they're still going to owe some taxes on it, some penalty and interest, excuse me, on the on the money that's owed. Because, you know, as we know, sometimes people do the extension, the six-month extension, but that's an extension to file, not to pay your taxes. So people thinking, their train of thought right. is, if, you know, I postmark it, arrives them to the 18, 19, they don't get their money till 19 or 20, you know, stuff like that. But, um, Yeah. I have a question. So if, um, let's say we file online, but we have to, for whatever reason, send in some paperwork, or you file online maybe, and then you realize you've made a mistake or forgot to include something, so you do um, what if it's called an amendment. Forget an amendment. Thank you. An amendment. Um, and then you have to mail something in often uh, it, when you do that. Um, do you know, does that have to be mailed also? Does that have the mailbox rule to it? Or do you, I'm not trying to put you on the spot. Is, but, no, you know, it doesn't. In those weird situations, what happens? No. It's only when you're filing your initial tax return has the new mailbox rule. Um, an, an amendment, you have three years statute of limitation on it. Oh, okay. Yeah. That gives so you, you can amend any time. Some breathing room. Yeah. You know, listen, let's just put this out there. You know, and I, I know this from – from people I know, you don't mess with the feds. All right. You don't, when it comes to taxes, <laughs> you don't mess with the IRS because, you know, seriously, I know people that think, Oh yeah, I can hide this. They don't need to know about this. How would they ever find out about this? The next thing you know, they're garnishing your wages or they're, or they're taking money yeah. directly out of your bank account. You know, you I just have don't, a comment just, on this. <laughs> well, I just yes, you know. Sylvia, before you do, I just want to add a little Chicago spice. Yes. He owned police. He owned judges. He owned everyone in the state, the governor. Yet wow. they couldn't touch him in any other way but through tax evasion. IRS. Who am yes. I talking about? Mr. Capone. I'm yes, <laughs> I know exactly. Mr. Yes, Capone. it was the IRS. It was the IRS that brought him down. He killed people, but it was the IRS that got him he on did. tax evasion. So yeah, you don't you don't mess with that. They're they're going to find out, and yeah. in this day and age, oh, with all these electronics and stuff, they always know. All right, I, I know some people that have uh, had their wages garnished for years. You don't you, mess with it. Pay your taxes and suck it up. And Jackie, this question comes up every single time I do. Every year I do that my tax seminar in February, right? And then I get actually I get invited to do different tax. Uh, TV tax program shows um, on taxes. And this question comes up every time. Well, if I don't report, this is one example, if I don't report my, about my overseas bank accounts that I have, whatever, I have it in my name and my wife, whatever, overseas, how are they going to know? And you'll be amazed to know that the IRS has made actually agreement with all the banks worldwide to actually have all U.S. citizens and green card holders who open bank accounts there fill out a W-9 and they actually report to IRS that they have these all accounts right. open. 
Yeah. I mean, yeah. You, you can't hide anything. You can't no. hide. It, it's impossible. Don't even think about it. As I said, suck it up, write the check. All right. Um, so, mm-hmm. so, okay. So we've got about five minutes left. Um, and we definitely want to get all your contact information, Sylvia, but give us a, a short, short thing on what other things people need to know this year, please. Uh, the other thing that's just basically, I mean, the QBI, again, the IRC Section 199A, it's still continuing, which is a 20% deduction um, for all, um, you know, for sole proprietor for Schedule Cs, partnerships, and pass-through entities mainly, and S-Corps. Um, this is the the case for uh, that started from the 2018 tax reform, and it continues to uh, for taxpayers and businesses basically to enjoy this. Uh, we have the real estate uh, safe harbor that's continuing also. That's people who are in the real estate industry or real estate uh, investment, like they have rental properties, and for them to be able to enjoy that 20%, the, the safe harbor allows them to uh, take that. Uh, if they can prove that they are managing the property themselves and they can prove certain uh, criteria like manage, you know, keeping all the separate books, 250 hours for each property per year, and so forth, There's, and diff- having logs and all of that. One last thing I'll say just about the gig um, economy. Uh, this year, they can actually enjoy some more deductions that the IRS is allowing them to, to take, like Uber and Lyft. Often they can actually offer you some snacks and water, and uh, they have to pay for maybe uh, having a car toolkit or seating airport fee and portable batteries, all of this good stuff now they can actually deduct it uh, effective uh, starting 2019. So they're just giving them some some leeway on these deductions and for them to be able to deduct this of their income in addition to the regular ones, which is like their mileage that they usually take and other items. So, All right. Okay, great. Well, oh, go I, ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, I just want to jump in really quick. While you guys are talking, I am, I am on the United States Postal Service website, and uh, they still have the April 15th date on here. And, and oh. so, <laughs> which is interesting, it says federal tax deadline. Um, the IRS considers a tax return filed on time if it's addressed correctly, has enough postage, and is postmarked by the due date, April 15th, 2020. So we've got a wow. disconnect between USPS and apparently IRS. Um, uh, you know, it just okay. goes, like, okay. p- people search all different Kelly. ways, but wow. Kelly, I, yeah. I'm, 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 I'm publicly laying down a bet that millions of tax returns will be filed <laughs> late this year, yeah. Co- wow. according to go. the new rule. Millions. Yeah. I'm just laying yeah, yeah. that bet down. I'm looking All at right, it right well, here. I'm not, wow. I'm, not, I'm not taking that bet. I'm not taking that bet. And, Correct. Uh, oh. Yeah. And so, Sylvia, give us contact information, website, phone numbers. How can people contact you? They've still got plenty of time, right? Um, I'm sure you guys are busy, but how can people I, get in touch with you? Yes, Manhattan Tax and Accounting, www.manhattantaxandandaccounting.com. Uh, I am located in Manhattan Beach, 310-546-3800, and we are still taking on new clients. So uh, just try not to come on April 15th, <laughs> just uh, <laughs> anytime before then. And, uh, yes, it's, uh, this year I'm celebrating my 15th year anniversary. I established this business in 2005, wow. and we get to enjoy it for 15 oh. years so far. So. Congra- congratulations. Wow. congratulations. Thank you. You, yes. You're doing something right. You're doing something right, Sylvia. Uh, that's fantastic. Thank you, um, all right. So, um, all right, everybody, you heard it here. Maybe you heard it here first. 
You, you can't postmark your taxes on the 15th. You got, they have to receive it by the 15th, all right? So, right. Uh, which means probably a, a, an April 1st postmark would be safe. I, would, I wouldn't April take Fool. any chances. Yeah, <laughs> I wouldn't take any chances, but get yeah. it out by April 1st. Don't, don't wait. Uh, Joe, uh, right. take us home. Get us into the weekend. Um, thank you so much, Sylvia, for joining us today. This is an amazing uh, service that you provide, giving all of, uh, all of this information to us today. Thank you so much for joining us, Sylvia Gayette. Thank you. Thank you, Jackie. Thank you, Joe. Thank you, Kelly. It was great to be here with you guys this morning. It's, thank you. It's not something that most people enjoy, but paying taxes <laughs> is necessary. I mean, even Big Al... I mean, Big Al, uh, you know, uh, was 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 felled by uh, the IRS. So uh, don't uh, avoid it. Get it done. And uh, thank you, <laughs> Kelly and Jackie. Thank you for joining us today. <laughs> oh, it's a pleasure, Joe. Enjoy the weekend. Thank you. Happy All Friday, right. everybody. Happy Friday. Bye, Happy everybody. Friday. Happy Friday. Bye-bye.